Welcome to the Living Movies Podcast, brought to you in part by Water and Shade Media. I'm your host, John Schindel, and this week I'm joined by Jared Bateman, and we're here to talk about the movie Wally. So, this was my first time actually watching Wally start to finish. I, I don't even know if I've seen any clips of it previously it's just it's been one of those movies that i wasn't even a part of my world so it was kind of fun to sit down and actually like watch completely it completely missed <laughs> yeah totally and completely i missed it which is I, I don't know i find it i find it kind of funny because it was it was pretty it was pretty widely uh widely liked by well widely it was widely liked yeah it, it was not an unpopular movie by any means no, and it came out in 08. Oh, you know what? That uh, That's a summer that I was at camp, and then I came home and I got married. And I was in college, <laughs> and I was working my, my butt off doing a lot of work. So I was putting my wife, or my fiancé, and then wife through her last semesters of school. So, yeah. I had no use for Wally when I was... When it came out, what about? No, you had other things on I, your I mind. I had plenty of other things going on. What about you? Were, did you do you remember seeing it when it came out? I don't remember if I saw it in theaters or after it was like released to DVD and home viewing or whatever sure. they call it. I do remember seeing it shortly after it came out, though. So it was either while it was still in theaters or right after it was okay. released to home. Home home video is what they used to call it because we yeah. used to actually watch videos. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I remember when they used to have like trailers for movies that were like coming out in theaters and for the stuff that was being released to home video. It was like its own special release. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a thing. It was. Now it's just when is it available for streaming? Which now is instantly. Well, now it is. Yeah. As of 2020, those aren't even <laughs> differentiated. Yeah, so long so long as you pay money for the right it, streaming it, it platform. It used to be like, well, when is Amazon Prime going to pick it up or something? You know, like, when's it going to be free on Prime? Yeah. Gosh. And you'd have to wait a month or two until you knew what was coming and going. But, oh, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, those, that was back in the good old days of video cassettes and going to Blockbuster and getting the yeah. latest... The, the new release video cassette. Yeah, I remember that. I remember when DVDs had special features and, and you'd watch the movie and then like the next day you'd like look at all the special features and like the deleted scenes and the... Uh-huh. Yeah. I, that is that is still a good reason to go buy a DVD. Like I have I have several movies and I'm yeah. glad I have as the DVDs. I mean, I bought the special edition, uh, the Robin Hood, oh, Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. And it's still really cool. There's a lot of really cool stuff on there. So, you know, if it's a movie that you really like, I, I still think buying the DVD can be worth it, especially if they release like a, like, you know, the Lord of the Rings special edition that has just hours of extra content. Oh, yeah. And all kinds of background behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I You know, I think Disney Plus actually puts their, puts any of the special features that would have been on the DVD. They, they just upload it to Disney Plus under the heading of the movie. So you can... So you can still watch all of those things. Do they have the deleted scenes there? Because I 
don't remember seeing that. Maybe it was just under a tab. I didn't. Uh, I know they have deleted scene concepts, but I don't know. I don't know. Right. Not the storyboards, the actual, like the, like the outtakes. Right. I, you know, truly, I don't know. And, and now that I say that, I don't know about any of their content other than Pixar, like their, their Marvel stuff or anything else. Yeah, that's true. Cause, cause there are some good, there's some good deleted stuff. They gotta try to sell. There's gotta be some exclusive content in special releases. Otherwise, like the people who bought the special release are going to feel really gypped that it's just for free on Disney plus. Yeah. But then there's the whole community of people that pay a lot of money for nothing anyway. Uh, like, what was it? The there are there are any number of game releases now where you you pay hundreds of dollars for the special edition, and it still just comes with a digital download code. Well, but it comes with a bobblehead. Yeah, you know, a three hundred dollar bobblehead <laughs> and a and a digital download code. Yeah, I definitely have friends who are suckers for the bobbleheads uh, or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's going all the way back to the printed out maps. Yeah, and, the, the Halo Master Chief uh-huh. helmet. Uh-huh. Yeah, nope, definitely no guys who, who are suckers for that kind of thing. Like the Dishonored mask when it came out, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so anyway, uh, so yeah, Wally was... It was it was pretty well reviewed when it came out. It's got a ninety five percent critic review on Rotten Tomatoes. It's nine out of ten user reviews. Roger Ebert gave it a three out of five stars or three three and a half out of four. Hmm. Uh, That's actually yeah. I've been surprised. Most of his Pixar reviews have been three and a half or four stars. Uh, He he has liked the majority of these movies. So I read I read through his review and and it was interesting. He in some of his old other movie uh, Pixar movie reviews, he's talked about how the animation is what he likes so much in this one. He, he was actually very high on the story as well. Like he, he liked the animation. He liked the music. Huh. That was all cool, but he keyed in on the story and, and how captivating it was as a movie. And he was saying, you know, it's a great movie, even as an adult to sit down and watch. And I was like, well, I, I think I agree with that. Cause really enjoyed watching the movie that's interesting because i think definitely one of the things that i remember when it came out was that it was a visual spectacle Mm -hmm. Um, and that was the thing that was kind of like highlighted about it was that it was so um so cool visually and they did all the stuff and particle effects and the you know dynamic lighting and all this kind of thing that was really cool and and, you know kind of in a lot of ways like uh, like Avatar was a few years later, you know, really billed as this big um, visual spectacle. So it's interesting that a lot of the reviewers came back and said that it was actually the content itself that made it compelling. Because definitely when I was thinking, you know, when we were going to do a review of Wall, I was like, yeah, I remember that being like very interesting concepts. And everybody said it was visually really cool. Yeah. So that's interesting. I think there's definitely a lot of cool story stuff to pick out, though. I think there is. But before we do that, so let's talk about just the a little more bones of the movie. So it was directed by Andrew Stanton, who he directed Finding Nemo, and he'll go on to direct Finding Nor- Finding Dory. None of the rest of the cast were interesting to me, but I did. Sigourney Weaver played the ship's computer, which I thought was kind of fun because Sigourney Weaver is the sci-fi heroine, female hero. So that was fun. 
I did not know that. That's fascinating. Right? I didn't either. I thought that was kind of cool. They, no one else in the cast really stuck out to me, but she, her, her name jumped off the page. I was like, what? So that was kind of fun. And then, you know, John Ratzenberger played a random guy. John Ratzenberger had like a third of the lines in the movie. <laughs> well, yeah. he's in like three scenes. Yeah. He's one uh, of like three speaking roles in the movie, though. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He gets like third billing in this movie or something. Almost. <laughs> uh, most of most of this cast was just random Pixar people. As I looked into it, it was there were a couple people who had done some stuff. I mean, the captain was a, was a, he's a comedian, uh, but yeah, most of the cast are just random guy. Number five, which was awesome. I, I enjoyed it. Cause, cause this wasn't a movie that was built around a, the cast. It was built around uh, robots that kind of talk like yeah, Pokemon. It was very, very physical communication more than dialogue, which makes it kind of different from, well, from a lot of movies, period but also from a lot of pixar movies yeah it, it was a very different movie but it's still there were, it it managed to convey a lot of emotion and a lot of a lot of thought process uh one of the things one of the things that uh roger ebert pulled out was that they kind of went back to the old disney style of animating like let's pare down human emotions to one thing wally's eyes well wally's eyes are super expressive because they mimic human eyes and they just they put the whole emotion of Wally into his eyeballs and, and mm-hmm. the little I guess not just the eyeballs, but the 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 eye things his his little head things. And and so they were able to pare down everything. And the same with Eve is they she just had little digital eyes that would change shape. And based on the shape of those eyes and the sounds that were around and the in her, you know, the I guess the tilt of her posture, it conveyed so much feeling and emotion. I, I thought it was, I thought it was impressive. Yeah. It's definitely like on this side of the uncanny Valley yeah. uh, where they, they don't feel weirdly cartoony. They, you know, they feel like they're definitely, you know, kind of aping those human emotions in a compelling way. Yeah. Um, one of the things that kind of really struck me about about this movie and kind of going back and watching it again was um, kind of compared to a lot of Pixar films, it was much less about the characters and much more about like the world that they were in. And so in that sense, I think it's much more of like a sci-fi film than it is like a drama or a comedy because there's a lot of like sci-fi kind of concept stuff and a lot of, commentary on society rather than commentary on the individual. And I think that's where, that's, I think what makes it the most different from other Pixar films. I think you're right. Cause you're right. A lot of, a lot of Pixar movies are very much character studies. And we've talked about that any number of times with, you know, monsters being, it's monsters is a great character study. And as are all the rest of them. And this one, this one's not. I mean, yes, Wally and Eve both grow, but their journey is almost secondary to the literal journey of the humans coming back to Earth. Right. Absolutely. It's 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 about society in general and how society grows and changes and that kind of thing more than it is about individual characters overcoming their difficulties. Interesting. I, see, I hadn't even thought about that. 
Well, hey, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll actually talk about some of the characters and then we'll talk about the ideas that this movie presents. I know we talk about movies here, but something that's also important as parents is spending quality time away from screens, which is something that can be difficult. So I'm really excited to bring you Rooted Childhood. So each month of Rooted Childhood offers a curated set of stories, poetry, books, and eight simple handicraft projects, along with a detailed supply list, video tutorials, and beautiful photos for inspiration. Now, Rooted Childhood will help you spend quality time with your children instead of spending that time coming up with the next activity to do. This is something that my wife has used in the past when life just comes at us too fast and we need some help to figure out the right things to do with our kids. And it's been awesome. So if you're interested in finding out more about Rooted Childhood, follow the link in the show notes of this episode to check it out for yourself and to start exploring all the things that you can do with your children. All right, so... Let's talk about some of the characters in this movie. So Wally is obviously the main character. And then the in the rest of the main characters, you've got Eve and the captain, and then I guess Otto, the captain's wheel. And other than that, everybody else is really just a side character that maybe gets a couple lines. So one of the interesting things I found as I read through some reviews was that people were praising Wally for his his work ethic. And they were saying, you know, Wally's been on earth for a hundred, tens, hundreds, thousands of years. Who knows? And he's just been building these towers and, and building them and building them. And we see a montage of him building the tower and he every day gets up, does his job and then comes home. So he, he has a really good work ethic, which I thought was interesting. That's not something that I pulled out when I saw them, when I was watching the movie, but it was an interesting thought. So yeah, Wally also, he, he longs for love. He's found an old musical and I don't know what musical it was. That's something I should have looked up, but he watches it. I think it's Hello Dolly, but I could be wrong. Ah, I could believe it. I don't know. I, I'm not a big musical guy. So I, honestly, you could tell me just about any musical and I would probably believe you. But yeah, so, it's probably one that Disney owns. <laughs> you know, well, now I'm curious. I'm going to look it up real quick. Wally musical. Yeah, it is. Hello, Dolly. Nailed it. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so so Wally, obviously, he longs for love and, and some human-like connection. But being the only, I'd say, living thing on Earth. I mean, there's the little bug, but he's the only sentient? I guess we'll go with sentient. Yeah. He's the only sentient thing on Earth. So... Uh, and then something I found was interesting is after a while, Eve abandons him. And so Wally goes back to work and instead of being, you know, hyper, hyper energetic and doing a good job, he's really sluggish and he's not making his, his little cube tower in the best form possible. So, so his work ethic suffers when, when he feels abandoned. It's a sad scene. Yeah. Poor Wally. Sad robot is sad. But it is really it's really fun, and, and he's he spends all this time taking care of Eve, who's in this coma. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how long this goes on. Some amount of days, weeks, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then later we see Eve gets the recording of, of Wally taking care of her mm-hmm. and you know bringing out her, her out into the sun so she can recharge and keeping the rain off of her and the snow. And, and it's very touching scenes. 
and it kind of goes to show that kind of work ethic thing that you're talking about that just you know wally's this real reliable robot he does he does his thing and he's got this spark of creativity and he appreciates the things that are truly beautiful even though his work isn't you know his work is cleaning up trash <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> lame yeah. he's like earth's last remaining janitor um <laughs> hadn't thought about that but he just does it and uh and he has that same kind of attitude to all these other people too of you know he's just gonna do it he's he's real real reliable about it and it's a endearing quality and it's i think one of the things that makes you know the idea of robots compelling as well is their kind of reliability yeah definitely until in true irobot style they decide that humans need to be removed from earth right because that's how, that's the best way to save humanity is to <sighs> there's always one that ruins it Mm -hmm. always one well and that's Otto in this movie Otto is that robot whose his prime directive is to keep humans safe and what does that mean keep them fat dumb and happy and keep and stop them from experiencing anything and being able to do anything and therefore they will be safe and the the exchange at the very end of the movie I thought was fascinating is when Otto is telling the captain that it's, that it's his job to keep the all the people alive. And, it's, and you know, he needs to keep the captain. What? He needs to keep him. Uh, this is this is the best way to survive. And the captain's like, I don't want to survive. I want to live. And it's it's that interesting switch that the robot doesn't understand is surviving. Just just getting by the bare minimum of survival is not truly living. And I would, I would posit that Wally is truly doing more living on earth, even though he's a robot than the humans are doing on the Ark, because the humans aren't actually living and experiencing life. They're just surviving and, and, and consuming, but Wally is truly alive and he's truly experiencing things. And so it's an interesting little switch that, that yes, the robot is more alive than the humans are. And it's something that's brought on that the humans have brought on themselves. Yeah. It's not that this is some state that the robots are keeping them in. The robots are there because humans made them to make their lives easier. And that was all that mattered. Yep. Um, This, this real sense of, um, you know, kind of luxury and non inaction. Everything's kind of lived through these, these proxies. And you can kind of see how it degenerates, you know, early on in the movie, there's this kind of advertisement thing that pops up for the cruise ship that's turns into an arc and, you know, talks about, you can go, you know, put, you know, golf balls into space and, and this kind of thing. And then later on, we see somebody on the ship in the present who's just sitting there on the chair, pushing buttons to make the robot go punt golf balls into space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like it's it's degraded it's it's like it's no longer you know virtual golf it's virtual virtual golf right (laughs) so many derivatives from actually doing things yeah well and then you see it again where you have several instances where two two humans will be on chairs next to each other either communicating with each other but not not like looking at each other they're they're communicating through their thing or they don't even they're not even aware of the world around them 
because they're so focused on the thing. And there's there's one gal halfway through the movie who gets knocked off of her seat and she finds that they have a pool and she's like, we have a pool. I didn't know we have a pool because they're totally enveloped in the little the little screen that's feeding them life. Yeah. And it's it's such a social commentary on, you know, what what happens when the most important thing is, you know, leisure and security. Yeah. And that's kind of taken, that's it, taken to the nth degree, taken to an absurd level where, you know, it, oh, it's too much work to f- chew food. I'll just have a cupcake in a cup. Uh-huh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh-huh. And I'm just going to take this hover chair everywhere because why walk? Yeah, it, uh, it, I feel like, and this isn't something that we've talked about recently in, in, with our movies, but I feel like that's something that has aged almost in a scary way is the the foreknowledge that this movie has about the complacency of Americans because this movie what we said it came out in 09 right oh oh wait it was out in 08 oh wait now in 08 we had cell phones and I I know blackberries were around but we didn't we didn't have not everybody had a smartphone I think they were out there. I don't remember when smartphones became a thing, but but they weren't as widespread as they are now. Now everybody has a smartphone and everybody is on it yeah, all the time. This was the the beginning of the iPhone. Yeah. Um, it was officially announced the beginning of 07. And it took a while before it um, became very widespread at all. But that its, it's release date was in 07. Um, but there were very few people who had one in 08 or 09, but it was starting to become a thing. Yeah. Well, and, you know, there had been the iPod touch there for a minute. Well, it was from 07 to 08. So, mm-hmm. so there. Yeah. And there was a period of time where everybody was making their own kind of touch MP3 player thing. Uh huh. The Zune. Yeah. I had one of those. Uh huh. I might still have it somewhere. I had some knockoff random thing. It played MP3s, but yeah. only like five of them. It was. It had a very small. <laughs> oh memory. yeah, I remember those days too. Uh-huh. You, uh-huh. you could buy like a. Well, anyway, we're getting off topic. But <laughs> nostalgia, right? But but the the Back four- in our day, kids, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, but this movie does such a great job of looking forward to what happens. I, so I don't know if you've ever read the movie Dune by Frank Herbert, but it's it's very similar to this, where the humans are. They, they come up or they design machines to take care of them. And then the machines end up taking over the world and the humans have to then overthrow the machine empire ruler things because whatever. But it's the same idea where the humans just out of desire for convenience brought about these machines. And then the humans, because they didn't have any work to do, they just became lazy and complacent and, yeah. and just kind of gave up. So when we look at Wally, who do we really see as being the kind of antagonists and protagonists here? So I feel like the protagonist, I mean, clearly it's set up that it's Wally and Eve are the protagonists. The only antagonist I could come up with was was the uh, Otto. Yeah, and it's in a way it's hard to say that Otto is an antagonist because again, it's just doing what it was made to do. I mean, right? in like the it, it, in the the in point the, is it has a changed. Um, changed instructions yeah. that it's not supposed to actually 
help humanity ever get back to Earth. It's right. supposed to just keep humanity out there. And so it's just doing its job in keeping humanity off of Earth. Because that's its only directive. Yeah. So you could say it's an antagonist um, because it does act to you know foil the protagonists. But there's also an element to which like the real antagonist is like humanity itself. Uh-huh. Because that's what brought about all these issues. Yeah. I, I yeah, so I could see that. The thing to be overcome isn't just, you know, the evil robot. That's it's kind of one step along the way, but it's about people, you know, learning to like literally stand up for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and to kind of take charge of living life and trying something that's hard instead of just doing the same easy thing every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if and so I guess let's let's move into ideas. I think that's the biggest and most powerful idea that this movie presents is is exactly what the the captain said is just surviving or just existing. That's not true living. To live you have to you have to strive to overcome things. You have to do hard stuff. And if all you do is seek comfort and pleasure and entertainment and all you want to do is consume, then life isn't, you can never live life to its fullest because you, you don't strive for something. Then you end up with a dump, right? Cause that's how they yeah. ended up there in the first place was they turned earth into a dump because everything became super disposable and based on convenience. Yep. And so nobody was doing anything that was hard or difficult or really dealing with the problem until it was kind of too late. Yeah. And so I think that's the biggest idea of this movie, uh, truly. And and there's some other minor ideas that are throughout, but but that's the big one that life is hard, but that's good. And and to live life to its fullest, you have to overcome difficulties, and that's good. Did you watch the end credits of Wally? Cuz I thought that was really cool. I I, so I watched a little bit of it. Disney Plus has been giving me fits on my phone. So I got through a couple minutes of them and then and then it it was freezing out on me. So I didn't watch all of them. But I, I agree. I watched enough of them to see that that it was, you know, it was the humans doing things and the robots helping them to relearn how to be humans, how to how to do life. Yeah, it's, it's really funny. You know, it starts with this kind of the art style progresses as the credits roll and it starts out with these kind of like cave paintings of yeah. you know the ship landing and people coming out and they start with you know planting a tree and then the next set is you know like an egyptian style thing and the robots are helping them build houses or you know whatever it was and i thought it was a really good kind of uh an epilogue to this story um, and seeing that you know the point was not to get rid of robots this isn't uh Oh shoot! There's a word for it. It's not saying that. Oh, darn it! It's not saying that the thing that makes your life easier is bad, right? It, it, sometimes it's about how you use it. Uh-huh. Uh, shoot! There's a word. Um, the ludite. Ah, there we go. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, this isn't a ludite movie. It's not saying you know robots are bad. People need to do everything for themselves. Um, the point is that tools are tools, and you can use them. Right. So as the credits roll, you see these different robots from the movie are helping people in different ways. You know, there's the one robot that like punches buttons and it's planting seeds. And, you know, there's another robot that's, you know, an umbrella and it's helping out by, you know, 
lifting things or something. I don't uh-huh. know. Um, but the point is that it's they're tools, and it's important how you use them, and you use them to make better things, not to just make your life easier. It's not just about um, you know making some kind of a temporary paradise as much as it is about improving the world. Right. And I think that's a really good Christian message because we know that here on earth, this is not our final rest. Mm-hmm. Um, that what we're here to do is to work. Yep. And so the tools we make help us work. They can help us work easier. There's no reason <laughs> to do it the hard way. Right. Um, but the point is not to make this our luxury um, that we know we have that later. This yeah. is the place where we work. And so I think that idea is very compatible. Uh, it, it is very much so. And and we've been given that directive uh, to to subdue the earth and to rule over it. That that directive does not include and don't use tools. Right. It's that that is that is the whole of the directive. Subdue the earth and, and be masters over it. And so, yeah, if you're going to use tools to do it, use use tools to their fullest extent but use the tool to help you do your job better and, and, and continue to do your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, I think that's, I, that's gosh, this movie, when, when you sum it up into, into the biggest ideas that it presents, it really, it really has great messages that it gives and, and, and you don't have to dig too far to get them. They're, they're right there. And, and the other thing about this movie is a lot, and we've talked about this with other movies, a lot of kids' movies can get very preachy where they're, they're really coming at you and they, you know, they really want you to understand this moral. Yeah. Don't steal. <laughs> well, yeah. I, this movie never comes across as being preachy. It's just kind of the, the idea is there. The moral is there. It's ever present. It, it's, it's as if it's always on the mind, but it's never being pushed at you. And, and you never feel like you're being coerced into believing this because well that's what the movie says it it really comes by very organically and so i think this this is another this is another instance of a great living movie where the the message the movie gives comes to you because it makes sense it's a good message and it just organically fits yeah and i think a lot of that has to do with the kind of medium of the storytelling that it's a lot of it's visual yeah um, there's so many, you know, establishing shots and so much world building that goes on because that's kind of the story um, that it's, it's it's telling you this story about a world more than it is about the characters. And so, in that sense, it because it takes time and it's not so driven by dialogue, it literally can't preach. <laughs> like, yeah, there's literally not preaching, so it makes it much more organic. Yeah. Well, and then the, the, the message I thought the movie was going to have when I, when I started the movie. So my, my pre-existing thoughts about what this movie would be is that it's going to say polluting is bad and we shouldn't pollute, which is true. Which it says. It says that. But that's like the third most important part of the film. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's so many other things that are more important. Yeah. And and the movie never just sits on that idea. I mean, yes, there there's a robot on Earth to clean it up because we trashed it. Okay, cool. We get it. We're moving on. We're, we're done. It never rehashes that idea. It's just there. Yeah, and it kind of brings up the question of, like, why is it trashed, right? What's 
what's the thing that made the problem? It's not you know, exactly. It's not just wanton destruction. Why is why is the world now the dump? Yeah, and that's really where you get into kind of the more deep and important concepts, uh, which I think are worth telling. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you know. I, I came into this movie thinking it was going to be something it wasn't. And I, I came away from it being, being pleasantly surprised and, and excited to one day share it with my children, which I think, I think that's a good place. <laughs> yeah. I think it's definitely, it, it, and when you talk about, you know, a movie that's going to age well, I think most concept movies do age well. Yeah. Because if nothing else, you can look back and be like, what were people thinking about then? What was the kind of idea or the issue? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even, even from a historical perspective, you can look back at sci-fi concept stories and see what was kind of important to people at the time. What were they looking forward at? So in that sense, even if, you know, know, 20 years from now or something like nobody's using cell phones anymore for whatever reason, um, I think it's still an important story, and I think it still tells people something in a way that just ages differently from a character-driven yeah. story. Well, much in the same way that the original Star Trek movies and and the original Star Wars movies are still very informative because they do the same thing. They they talk about they talk about the human condition in light of something something else happening and in light of new tools and new universes and stuff but they they still focus in on the human condition and and because of the setting it it really ends up being quite timeless so i I think i think wally follows in in the footsteps of old sci-fi movies and i think it does a great job of it so any any last thoughts on the movie before we we uh before we start wrapping up? I think we've covered a lot of ground here, just kind of talking about, I mean, the characters themselves, what's going on. Um, I think it's been a bit of a different review because it's not as, because the story is really pretty simple mm-hmm. and the characters are pretty simple. I mean, it's, you know, in a sense, it's just kind of, it's a love story between two robots, <laughs> you know? Yep. But like, that's also not like the important part of the movie. I, it's really not. It's like, I mean, it's there. There you go. It's two robots meet and fall in love and they do great things for each other to overcome the odds and, I don't know, make little toasters or something. But <laughs> that's oh, yeah. <laughs> that's also not like the big idea behind the movie. That's just kind of like the substory that drives all the other important kind of social commentary that's going on. Yeah. But yeah, so did none of your kids, I'm assuming, saw this with you. Is that correct? No, I haven't watched it with them yet. Uh, the and and we'll get this to this in a bit, but I think the I think the intense scenes in this movie are just they're they're like one or two notches too much for my little ones. I think my older ones, my my older kids would love it. And they're, you know, 8 and 8 and 9 at this point. I think they would love it. So, yeah. And it's visually very beautiful. It's oh, yeah. it's a cool movie, and it's definitely something you want to watch on a big screen. Oh yeah, I can see this being a popular movie when it first came out and was in theaters because it would look really good. Uh, you mentioned um, now, it earlier. I mean, of course, you can watch it in 4K, and that's fantastic as well. But there's yeah. just a lot of really cool stuff, and I think because a lot of it's not around the humans, 
it doesn't feel as cartoony as a lot of other Pixar movies. You know, it doesn't yeah. feel like Finding Nemo, for instance, which is also very visually beautiful, but yeah. very cartoony. Um, and this just doesn't. You, you, you don't feel like you're watching a cartoon as much um, until you start seeing the people. <laughs> then it, you know, it's, well, but even then, the, it's all caricatures. I, they, yeah, they are cartoons. Yeah, but even then, the people are so uh, they're so uh, uh, evolved is the only word I can come up with. They're they're so evolved at this point that they're not. I don't know. They're they're not a human built the way you and I are. Their their bone yeah. structure is different. Well, their body physics are different, and so. Even then, like, yeah, they're cartoony, but it's not it, it it's not in that it weird they, they look weird because their proportions are off like some of the people did in Toy Story. Like the human animation in Toy Story doesn't really hold up. Whereas yeah, here at in Wally it does because they're not really animating humans. They're animating a very morphed human body that is very different. Yeah. And, acts and they did some interesting things in there where um, all the kind of flashbacks and the uh, you know recordings from people in the past were done using actual human actors yeah. in front of a set, and so that made for a very interesting contrast between like that's what humans looked like, here's what we look like now, um, which just kind of made it kind of further blur that line between like is this a cartoon, uh-huh. <laughs> um, which I think is why it was so. It received so much acclaim for its visuals because yeah. <laughs> they did a really good job. Um, but yeah, so I think in that sense, it's also going to be a fun film to watch later on. Yeah, I'm super, I'm super excited to share it with the kids. The younger ones need to get a little bit older, but but man, when they get there, this will be a fun one. I'm very excited. And there's really not a lot that's objectionable in it either. No, um, there's I'm not. I'm sure you were probably had a better eye for it than. I, yeah, I, I do, mean, but yeah. there just wasn't anything. I mean, there wasn't, there was no drinking or much in the mm-hmm. way of violence. Um, I, I mean, there's, you know, the, the robots, uh, there's, there's a lot of chasing. So that happens. Yeah. And, and there's robot on robot violence. The one, the one robot beats up all the other robots, but they're robots. So it's okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody, you, you, you don't get the sense of like people Nobody dies. No, I mean, there is one scene. Even the cockroach, like the cockroach gets run over like three times. It's great. It never dies, which is hilarious. That was, I think that might've been my favorite <laughs> bit in the movie. I love that everybody like overlooks the cockroach. They're like, wait a minute. Like you're looking for life on earth, but there's a cockroach that's literally indestructible. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like that would be maybe as much worth having as like the plant. But anyway. Right. Um, Poor cockroach. Anyway. Find, find out what on earth made this cockroach invincible and, <laughs> and see if we can recreate that yeah. for humans. Like that sounds like a decent yeah, idea. Grow up big enough to eat or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, we can, we can go terrible places with that, but we're not going to. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, there's, I guess there's a little bit of, of, I guess, sexual content or, or relationshipy stuff. I mean, while he finds a bra and puts it on his eyes and, and it's funny. It, but also like the robots. Also, they, they don't. The robots. And also no USB action going on. Right. Also, uh, someone mentioned this. Uh, how on earth is that bra still like a thing? It's cloth. It's a wonder bra. I, I mean, it is pretty wonderful because <laughs> it's still there. Like it hasn't deteriorated. It's been it's been 
what, 700 years? Yeah, there's a number of things that <laughs> you look at and you're like, how is there like a light bulb? Like, uh-huh. uh, The filament still works. We don't, we, we haven't, ancient civilizations that are that old don't even leave that much stuff behind. Uh-uh. And it's still made of, you know, glass and clay and stuff. And like plastic deteriorates, I, I think, quicker than porcelain. I mean... You know, at the very least, it up pretty quick. Yeah, it, it definitely does deteriorate. And there was a lot of like paper that was floating around. Yeah. So if there's if there's one nitpick of this movie, that's a big one is why on earth is this trash not decomposed yet? Because 700 yeah. years. It, it would just be dirt. It would be of some kind. I, you'd have maybe some stuff in it. I mean, it'd be like even metal deteriorates at a certain point. Right. I mean, well, okay. And, so and unless there's like no water left on Earth and like the atmosphere is all funky. Yeah. but So those, it's not going to deteriorate at the same rate. Like you're not, maybe you don't have as much UV. Sure. But when you deteriorate the atmosphere, you get more UV. <sighs> but so. the satellites block it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's like I said, that's a big nitpick. <laughs> Yeah, it's it is a nitpicky and, nitpick, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you just have to hand wave that one. The other nitpick uh, I have yeah. is the towers of trash, and somehow Wally is able to stack cubes of trash, just one cube on top of the other cube, for hundreds of feet straight up. <laughs> and he's not like it's just so much trash, right? He's not like overlapping these things or anything, doing anything structural or fancy. They're just stacking straight up and i don't think the physics of that works out very well so the the towers of trash i i have a hard time believing that from a physics standpoint well i'm just thinking about like okay so that tower of trash which is compressed garbage means that's taking up less cubic footage than it was otherwise so if you lay it all out, it's still like 200 feet of like just uh-huh. solid trash. Uh-huh. It's like up to the fifth floor of every building of just just garbage. Yeah. And that's just that's a little much. So maybe he carted the garbage in from like everywhere else in the world to make that trash. I don't know. You know, and point I, is the point that it's getting true. across is that like it's a big mess. <laughs> maybe they just took so New we'll York. Go with that. And yeah, they flew in all the trash into New York and let the rest of the planet be trash free. Yeah. All right. That I can get behind. And this is all Something. of the trash yeah. from all of the hey, planet all he in had one place. 700 years to gather up trash. You could. He could have gathered it all up from the whole world yeah. and just put it in that one city. And presumably there were other Wally units because there was there was his little house. There were multiple other little houses that that were there. So there were at one time other Wally units that I guess just died or something. Right, because it was a whole big cleanup thing. Right, they were going to deploy all these Wally units. That's all like the trucks and things were for. Yeah, and then like they just didn't get maintained, and you know. so one by one they started breaking down until you just had Wally. Yeah, and Wally's got the superior work ethic. Well, that and he was also uh, cannibalizing their parts. Right. <laughs> Hardcore. Yeah. Hardcore cannibalism. Oh, total cannibaliz- cannibalization. I mean, he has a whole spinny thing of just extra pieces. But he's a robot, so. Yeah. We won't, we won't get into the, like, comparison of that. It's No, it's okay. They're robots. <laughs> we'll just move past it. 
<laughs> yeah, they're robots. It's just how they work. Like once they run down and then you just, it, yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a car, you know, if you, if you replace pieces on your car, it's okay. You take it off of the old car and you put it on the new car. Now, the real question is, is how many pieces do you have to replace before you no longer have the same car as you bought? I know that's, that is the question. It's the, the, uh, what was it called? The ship of Pyrene. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So anyway, yeah, not much sexual content, very little language, uh, the violence and action there. Uh, yes, there's some intense moments, um, but eh, it's, it's, it's like kinda, I'm a one out of five. <laughs> it really is. Uh, it's, it's pretty low. I mean, there's, there's some suspenseful scenes. I, I, and so because of that, my young children aren't going to be watching it until they're a little bit older. But like I said, for my, for my eight and nine year olds, I think they would love it. And so, you know. I, I think there's a line again, somewhere between like six and nine where, and it's different for every child I know, but, but somewhere in there, the child is going to end up being okay with this movie. So. Yeah. I think the bigger question is, will they understand what's going on if there's nobody telling them? Because there's not any, there's, there's like no dialogue in the movie until you get to like the halfway point. I, I think that's honestly something uh, for the movie, not against it in terms of children. Yes. Because but, there's, but the question is, does that make it easier? Is that a barrier to kids understanding the movie? Is I, my question. I don't think so because it, because like we said earlier, the, the message and the story of the movie is so simple and so pared down and so yeah. visual, but then again, maybe not. I don't know. I, I guess I'll no, find no, out. I could see that. And, and it might <laughs> depend on the kid. There might be some kids who, are able to put two and two together who's who've got that kind of, I don't know, left brain or whatever it is. It's working well. I don't know. And there may be others who are really kind of more spell it out type of people. I don't yeah. Know. I don't that, know. That might just be more of a personality issue than anything. It probably is. Or a personality, you know, difference. Yeah, personality. And then, and then age, just how much, how much they've experienced of life so far to be able to put pieces together. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's Wally. Uh, you know, my final thoughts is it was a great movie. It's one that I'm excited to share with my kids. Had great messaging. It was a beautiful movie. It was a fun watch. Uh, it was. Ooh, what about the length? How long was it? Because I don't. I didn't feel like it, it was, was not that long. It was an hour and forty minutes. Right. I thought it was longer than that, but it's it's only an hour and forty. I mean, it's not that long. I mean, maybe for a Pixar movie, it's on the longer side, but no, nah, I don't. I think Incredibles is longer than that. Yeah, I mean, hour and 40 is a while for a kid to sit through. It's 97 minutes, so hour, hour and a half. Oh, no, okay. that is that is yeah. hour and 40. Um, but, you know, you take the last five minutes of the credits and... Yeah. Yeah, so it, it fits right in there with other children's movies. So it's it's pretty... It's a really good length. And, and, it, and it felt it. It didn't feel long. It didn't feel like it ended too soon. It was... Overall, I thought it was a great movie, and I thought it was a great movie for kids. Yeah. I enjoyed it as an adult watching it. So, you know, as an adult sitting down to watch it with your kids, I I think it's great. Uh, and last, it's worthy. It's worth pondering. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. It totally is. So, you know, I I give I give this movie some thumbs up. I don't know how many thumbs, but you know, a couple definitely. Yeah, it's. I think it was great, and I would definitely recommend it. It was a fun fun. There so. you go. All right. Well, if you've made it this far listening, thank you so much for hanging out and and listening to our show. 
if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. That's the other one. And we are at Living Movies Pod on all of those platforms. You can email us. Our email address is livingmoviespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, so, you know, feel free to get a hold of us and tell us what next movie you'd like us to review or tell us where we're right or wrong or tell us that, I don't know, you think our ideas are bad. Send your hate mail. Right? That too. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Uh, but yeah, you know, get a hold of us if you have ideas. Uh, other than that, you know, tell someone else about the show if you liked it. Comment on whatever podcast platform you're using. That'd be great to see. Uh, but otherwise, you know, have fun watching this movie with your kids. And I guess we'll we'll catch you with the next movie we review. 